Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blackhawks Roundtable presented by the Hockey Writers. I'm your host, Brooke Laferno, joined by my colleagues, Gail Kauchuk and Hunter Crowther. Um, you know, we thought that we would be coming on this week with better news. I think I ended the show last week by saying, I hope it's better. <laughs> I hope it's better next week. Unfortunately, it's not. It's been rough, but we're going to get into all of that. So, but before we get into that, um, we have to talk about uh, the Blackhawks Substack presented by the Hockey Writers. If you're interested, you can subscribe for free and you can get all of um, the Blackhawks content that we create to your email. Uh, so please, if you're interested, please be sure to sign up for that. And also, uh, we also have premium Substack where you will also get premium features like prospect updates, uh, quizzes, and all that fun stuff. So, and we're currently in transition with that right now, but a lot of cool stuff coming. So please be sure to check that out. If you're interested, the link will be in the description below. And please be sure to follow uh, me, Gail, and Hunter on Twitter. That's where we're the most active. We live tweet every game and we love hearing from you guys um, just about everything about the Blackhawks. So please be sure to follow us there and chat with us. And all right, guys, let's get into everything, because like I said, it's been a rough week. I don't really know what to say here. I mean, the good news is, is that they beat the Seattle Kraken on November 28th, 4-3, to three, but things just went very downhill from there. Uh, they had a three-game road trip where they fell to the Detroit Red Wings 5-1, to one, and then they lost to the Winnipeg Jets 3-1 to one, and the Minnesota Wild 4-1. to one. It's been just a very interesting and frustrating week, um, to say the least. So let's get right into this. So... Let's talk about the new Blackhawks player, Anthony Beauvillier, because he did make his Blackhawks debut um, in Winnipeg. Um, obviously, they acquired him on November 28th from the Vancouver Canucks in the wake of losing both Taylor Hall and Corey Perry. Um, Beauvillier is still dealing with visa issues, um, but he was able, like I said, to join the team in Winnipeg, and he actually played in that game. He was on the top line uh, with Connor Bedard and Philip Kurashev, and I actually thought he did pretty well. I'm excited to see him. Um, actually join the team on a regular basis. I know Luke Richardson said he expects them to be in Chicago on either Tuesday or Wednesday. So it's coming up here. The team, I think, really needs them right now. But discuss your thoughts about um, Beauvillier's debut and kind of what you saw from him, Gail. Can you imagine coming in and, and you're not really, you know, finding a place with the Canucks and, and all of a sudden you're put on the top line with Connor Bernard and Philip Kershaw. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That's where, that's where he found himself. Uh, and you know what they showed, like you said, they showed promise right off the bat. They created a scoring chance on their first shift together. Um, all in all, uh, 12 uh, generated 12 scoring chances. That's some five on five play. Um, and he also played on the top power play unit uh, with the bumper roll. So altogether, uh, Pavilion registered two shots on goal, two takeaways and one uh, two of four faceoffs in 16, 55 minutes of ice time. Good start, considering all the Blackhawks' recent woes. I would say that I'm sure they're pretty excited to get him on full time. Uh, I think that they did say that they're hoping to get him by Tuesday or Wednesday next week. Hopefully, maybe Tuesday for uh, the Tuesday game. Uh, and I just feel like you know they really need somebody to give them a spark, and hopefully, Beauvillier can be that guy. Mm -hmm. Hunter, what did you think about Beauvillier's um, debut? Um, echoing a lot of Gail's thoughts. Uh, I'm glad that Richardson put him on the first line right away and uh, sort of a baptism by fire. I'm sure that he's excited about getting extra ice time because he was relegated to a bottom six role in Vancouver. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, he's going to really benefit the team just because he does have a, a pedigree of providing like a pretty solid secondary scoring on an NHL team. Um, and he's played a decent amount of power play time through the years with the Islanders and briefly with the Canucks last season. So 
I think it presents itself. And also, two credit to the Blackhawks for recognizing Hall's out for the year. We don't know how long Athanasiu might be out. Uh, they just cut ties with Perry. So they saw a need, and the Canucks were willing trade partners. So I'm happy to see it play out. For sure. Yeah. It, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it was interesting because, you know, Kyle Davis had said he really wasn't make, looking to make a trade right now because it's hard to make a trade during this early in the season. But Beauvillier was available on the Canucks. So it was good. I think that I said this could be a silver lining trade out of everything that's, you know, been really bad going on. And I think he could pan out because the Blackhawks actually have had success with players like him. He's kind of, he's talented, but has been a little inconsistent. hasn't like completely put it together. So, but the Blackhawks are prime for a situation like that. I mean, they had Philip Kurashev. Um, Sam Lafferty, players like that that were inconsistent and then now are more consistent now. So I'm actually excited. I think it's a good situation for him. Like Gail said, going from the fourth line in Vancouver to a top line in Chicago, I don't think any player is going to complain about that kind of switch. Um, so I'm really excited to see him. And the fact that, you know, Luke Richardson described him as a spark plug. Like that's exactly what this team needs. So I'm excited. I mean, you can look at his stats and think eight points in 22 games is not that exciting but you know what different situation you know new environment new team new opportunity I think he'll be really fired up and he did really well in his debut so I think there's a lot to be excited about there and I hope he does really well and like I said he cannot get in this lineup soon enough on a regular basis so hopefully he gets to Chicago very very soon and thankfully he will um okay so now we got to talk about what happened on Sunday, uh, which was Lucas Reichel was a healthy scratch um, before the Blackhawks faced the Minnesota Wild. And I think we might have assumed that this was coming because the production just was not there, even though he did have two points in his last three games before the benching. But point is, it just hasn't really he's been struggling this season. So I think we just got to talk about everything that's kind of going on there. My thought on this is just that I think right now what Reichel is dealing with is emotional not I don't think he forgot how to play hockey like this guy did well last season on a top line role was actually one of their more consistent players down the stretch last year he's shown he can play in the NHL and I think what's bothering him right now is the fact that he um, prepared all summer for a role to be a center. That's what the Blackhawks wanted him to be, was they wanted him to be a full-time center this year. So that's what he prepared and worked so hard for over the summer. That's what he talked about working on, was face-offs, defense, the whole nine. Then it just didn't work out, even though his face-offs were improving, but there's a lot that goes into the center role, obviously, besides just winning face-offs. So, and then they move him back to left wing, and then back to center again, and then back to left wing. I think... That must be really tough, honestly, to work so hard for a position that he was very confident he could do. He talked about it even, that he felt confident he could be a center in the NHL because he was in the AHL, but different beasts going from AHL to NHL, right? So I think, I honestly think this whole thing has been weighing on him, just kind of transitioning roles and stuff. And um, I think maybe this break is what he needed, just to kind of get away from the game, just take a reset, just kind of clear his mind a little bit, and then come back you know, come back stronger. So I'm not worried about Lucas Reichel at all. He's got the talent to be an NHL forward. I just think right now there's a lot weighing on his mind and I don't blame him. Of course, this is a lot of pressure and kind of transitioning between two roles is tough for any player, especially I think someone who you might consider still a rookie, not really, but he's still a very young player. So that's kind of how I view everything that's going on. How do you guys view what's going on with Lucas Reichel right now? Hunter? 
Um, well, I said last week that I thought that uh, if the team wasn't dealing with all the circumstances among their wingers, that I think he would have made this move earlier. Uh, Richardson benching um, Reichel. I, I know that the transition between center and wing might be weighing on him. And I know that that's tough for a player who's, what is he? He's only like 22 years old. So 21. Like 21 even. There you go. Yeah. Um, he's still a really young player. And it, it really takes time to be a consistent NHL or you can have flashes of talent and you can have uh, spurts of scoring, but it still takes a while to just, I've mentioned this on the show before having good regular shifts and whether it was at center or wing, I think some of his game in the defensive end hasn't been the best. Uh, there's times where he's on the wing and he's not really able to, he's not responsible between his defender and the puck. And sometimes that can hem them, hem the Blackhawks in their own zone. Uh, in three of his last five games, he was at least minus two. Um, and while you can argue the merits of plus minus, I think it still says something when you're constantly on the ice when your team gets scored on. Um, and I think it was just time to let him take a minute and say, hey, you know, it's okay to just sit a night and watch the game. We're not punishing you. This isn't something that, like, we're sending you to the AHL because I don't think that's what's needed right now. But mm -hmm. it's okay to just, you know, say, hey, you're a full-time NHLer now. We're not calling you up and down like we did last season. There's going to be bumps along the way, and we're going to be patient with you. But also realize that if you're going to be in this league full-time for an 82-game schedule, you got to be better in your own end. And I think that's part of the message that they're sending to him. But um, And also, too, like if you look in the last game, like they benched him for most of the game that he played against Winnipeg. Like he only ended up with 11 minutes, uh, which is among the lowest he's ever played in the NHL. So... We'll see where they're at with him next week, and I would expect he's back in the lineup getting opportunity, but I think it was okay to just take a moment and say, you know, watch the game from up there. Gail, what do you make of Lucas Reichel being a healthy scratch and kind of just everything right now? They've done this in the past with other players, uh, just kind of giving them a day off uh, to watch from above and to kind of get an idea of, Oh, Hey, that, that play rolled out like this. And this play rolled out, played out like that, um, to kind of give them a, a better, just looking at things from a different way and give them a little bit of a better, um, a mental reset. So, you know, I really just have a hunch that, um, that Reichel is thinking too much and instead of just playing on instinct and when he was playing really well, he was just going for it and playing on instinct and not thinking. Um, so hopefully, what they're doing with him is going to, you know, kind of turn him around here. Hopefully this will be what he needs. I expect that he will play, though. Uh, this is just a kind of a one-time thing. Yeah, I think this is a one-time thing, too. And I think, like I said, I think he'll be okay. I truly do. I'm not worried about him, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people are, but I'm just really not because I think it's there. It's just like you said. I think he just needs a break for a minute and that's okay even the best players in the nhl get um you know get healthy scratch sometimes and there's been a pretty big significant um amount of players that have been healthy scratch like patrick liney this year so you know what yeah just take a break and kind of just allow yourself to breathe for a minute like you said not think so hard and someone did actually tweet something about like can someone tell me what lucas reichel did wrong exactly and i kind of said something like i don't think it's about he's doing things wrong it's just that he needs to produce and he's just not producing right now and honestly with development things like that are going to happen so yeah I think he'll be fine it's just right now he's off to a slow start but I think he'll be fine and hopefully he comes back stronger than this because like I said it's not what he's doing wrong exactly it's just he's got to figure it out that's really just what it is um, and he will I think he will I'm not worried about that okay 
So the next thing we're going to talk about is, like I said, there's a lot of roster moves in the past couple of days. I kind of got whiplash here. So we talked about Lucas Reichel being a healthy scratch. And then the Blackhawks sent down Isaac Phillips and Wyatt Kaiser, who were their third pair defensemen. Um, so they were sent down actually before they faced the Winnipeg Jets. And then Louis Crevier was called up. What do you think about all of this like do you think Phillips and Kaiser should have been sent down and Crevier should have been brought up or how do you feel about all of this Gail I'm gonna start with you here I think they wanted to get give Crevier a look but um getting back to to Kaiser he he's he's been struggling and I think that it would be a good thing to him for him to go down and kind of a sit and rock for build his confidence up again I'm a little bit surprised that they um sent Phillips down though I thought I actually gave him a shout out last week if you guys remember mm-hmm. I thought he was playing so well uh, so that was a little bit confusing, but there's a theory out there that actually one of my um, one of my listeners brought up is that maybe they're just kind of linked. Uh, they played, I think, together last year in Rockford, and and, and maybe they just have them pegged to be played. Together. Obviously, they, they were playing together up up at the big club, and then uh, in the game, uh, the Rockford game, after they got sent back down, they were the top pairing. So maybe they kind of have them like kind of linked together and want to see how they're doing. And so Phillips went with, with Kaiser. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, they, you know, obviously, like I said, they want to get Kirby, give him a look. Uh, and then Tornorti came back, the veteran Tornorti. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out and all the shuffling kind of time kind of works out with all these uh, defensemen. Hunter, what do you think of kind of all these um, moves with the defensemen here? Um. Echoing Gale, I really liked Phillips' game in the last little bit. I thought that he was just keeping a lot of things simple, um, responsible on his own end, maybe a few hiccups here and there, but overall fairly solid. And I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, over-seasoning in the AHL, especially when it comes to defensemen. Um, just having them be solid professional players, there, there's nothing wrong with that, especially him getting more ice time down there. Uh, with Kaiser, though, there has been a lot of struggles this season. Um which is weird because he had a great camp too, I found. And I think a lot of fans and people who cover the team thought that this was going to be a big step up for him this year, but we've seen some struggles. So I don't blame the organization for thinking, let's put them both back there to uh, tighten up their game. And also to, you know, that Jared Tenori is going to get back in the lineup. He's been a NHLer for a fairly long time. And I I think too, they just want to have a veteran presence. Um, and as for like Crevier too, I think there's nothing wrong with just giving a guy an extra shot. Yeah, I do you know what I'm with all of you guys. I to be honest, my thing with Phillips is this he's been technically with the Blackhawks since 2021. He made his NHL debut in 2021. My thing is he's playing really well, actually, for you know, with the situation the Blackhawks are in. My thing is if he can't be a full-time Blackhawks player now even when he's playing well, then when will he be? There's kind of like some questions there in my mind there. And I get that they, I, it makes sense that they want to see the other prospects right now because they're in a rebuild and you have to see what you got. And Crevy is kind of a wild card because I think they're pretty set on Nolan Allen and Ethan Del Mastro. And I think they're pretty set on Kaiser. And I think they know what they have in Phillips too. But I, like I said, it does make me wonder what's it going to take for him to actually stay up. If he's playing well and still getting sent down two years later, what's going to give here. I don't, so like I said, it makes sense that someone was going to get sent down with Tenorti being back, but I don't know, maybe next year will be different. Um, But yeah, I was just kind of confused by that. I thought maybe he deserved a longer leash um, than he's getting, to be honest, this year. And Kaiser, yeah, I think we're all in agreement. It makes sense. I really like Wyatt Kaiser a lot. I think he's actually really fun to watch, but 
Yeah, he's he was kind of thrown into this pretty quickly, too. He played really well in training camp, but he's still, you know, de- defensemen take time to develop, so there's nothing wrong with him being sent down. Um, it's not going to be the last time we see him, for sure. And then, like I said, Crevier is a wild card. I don't know what his future is with the Blackhawks, but the hope is that he can at least make a name for himself in some way. So we'll see. He had a good game, I thought, or even Richardson said he had a great game. Um, So we'll see, you know, how he sticks or pans out here. But like I said, I get it, but there's some questions there, I think, for sure. Um, Okay, so the next thing we're going to talk about is the power play. And at least we can say something positive about the power play for once because, you know, we keep talking about how the power play is honestly a travesty to the city of Chicago. I, guess, ugh, I was about ready to just say pack it in. Like, just decline the power play. Like, it was like, I'm over it. It was, just, ugh, it was painful to watch. But they actually had a power play goal against the Minnesota Wild. And it actually looked orderly. It wasn't like a, a weird fluke power play goal where you're like, okay, well, that could have happened to anyone. It was actually a good goal. And like I said, they had some really good opportunities, too. So what do you make of, what do you kind of attribute to this kind of success that they had against the Wild, Hunter? Um. The goal against the Wild looked good, and I thought that even over the road trip, which the rest of the road trip might have been atrocious, but the power mm-hmm. play started to actually look like it was there was more movement. They were willing to just put the puck on the net more and try to generate rebounds. Um, we criticized Reichel, but he still scored a power play goal against Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I just feel like it's like when teams struggle to even – get any goals or any opportunities on the power play. I feel like the best, and it's the most cliched answer in sports, but simplify things. And sometimes just throwing the puck on the net can be a massive benefit. I think another thing too, is that with uh, Bolivier, I think he's going to be a massive uh, contribution to it on the first unit. Um, But overall, like Johnson, Radish, uh, obviously we could talk about Bedard all day, but I, I just feel like when you keep it simple and just put the puck towards the net, Good things happen, and I thought it really stood out even against uh, against the Wild, where not a lot of good things happened for the Blackhawks. Yeah, Gail, what do you make of kind of the Blackhawks' power play success against the Wild there? Okay, so I'm going to attribute it to Taylor Radish. I think that he was the spark um, when they had that first power play that everybody was raving about with all these chances and everything was so good and everything happened right except for – the puck going in the net. Uh, he was, you know, he had, a, he was the one that had a number of chances. And then of course we know later on in the game, he was the one that was right in front of the net and scored, um, scored the goal there. So I don't know. I, you know, we talk about how you want to basically keep, and this is kind of what Richardson does keep that top line together. So it would be Bolivier, um, uh, Bedard and Kershaw. Uh, but I don't know, maybe you take Tyler Johnson off, put Radish, give Radish a chance up there with the skilled players and uh, kind of see how how that'll how that, that'll turn out. Um, and then, of course, you've got Lucas Reichel coming back, too. So it'll be really interesting to see um, what happens and what kind of sparks the power play moving forward. Yeah, I hope that obviously this is sustainable because they had a couple power play goals like before where you're kind of like, I hope this is what like starts kind of like the domino effect of them scoring power play goals. And then it seemed to come back to the struggles that they had before and obviously the Minnesota Wild have struggled on the penalty kill this year but either way that was good that was good for the Blackhawks you want to take advantage of a team that's struggling on the penalty kill so I I think basically I agree with all of you guys about Taylor Radish about everything else but in simplifying the game but 
honestly, it was nice for them to just keep the puck in the zone. I thought that was just a nice change of pace because it seemed like they could <laughs> never keep the puck in the zone. That's really, I felt like what the big deal was. It just felt like they were either dumping the puck in and it got straight back out. That at least did not happen. At least they kept the puck in and were creating scoring chances. So hopefully that continues um, and hopefully they can build some confidence off of that because I think they just needed something to go right for them. And even though everything has honestly been going wrong right now, at least that went right. Yes, Gail? You just reminded me of something. I think keeping the puck in, um, you know, you can kind of attribute that to Seth Jones. I mean, people were screaming, oh, put Kim Korchinski on the top unit. Well, that didn't really work out. You know, they gave him, I don't mm-hmm. know, two or three games. Um, so, again, uh, I think I always kind of rant about how um, Seth Jones is underappreciated, but um, he's the one that is keeping the puck in and, and kind of uh, controlling. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I thought Seth Jones actually um, did really well on the power play there. And I think I think most people notice that, too. So and I think, honestly, the power play success does come down to him, too, because he's quarterbacking the power play. So and that was really good to see. I thought he had really strong power play shifts there. And that's what, like I said, that's what's needed. And that's what you want to see, too. So really good for Seth Jones there, too. Okay, so we are at the end of our show. So we will be doing shootout questions here. Our shootout round which we have quick fire questions and answers but like i said we have so much to talk about that it might not be quick fire but we're gonna have fun with it anyways are you guys ready for it yes bring it on <laughs> okay so question number one of the shootout so defenseman louis cravier made his nhl debut against the wild which we talked about he had one shot on goal two hits one block shot in 15 59 minutes of ice time playing on the third d pairing what's your assessment about how many games you think he'll get with the blackhawks gale I really do just think they're they're giving kind of giving him a look, seeing what they have in him. Um, but I would like to see him get a couple more games in. But he it's it's not permanent. I think he'll get oh three, four, five games, and then they'll send him back down. Hunter, how many games do you think Crevier will get with the Blackhawks? I uh, wrote pretty much the same thing. I think maybe a handful of games, and then someone else might get called up, and they'll send him back down. I've never seen someone who's six foot eight. I know, and never have. They have an uh, when you type in their name in hockey fights, it's not applicable. I've never seen someone <laughs> that like, not that physical a player, but you know, I think they're just giving them a shot to see what they have. What's funny is I saw someone say the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls, could really use them right now, and I thought that made me <laughs> laugh. He's, he's here to save the city. He's here to save the Blackhawks. He's here to save the Chicago Bulls, and we're thankful for that. Um, I'm gonna say the first number that came to my mind was three for Crevier, so I think he'll get three games, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was maybe like one or two more, but I'm going to go with three. Um, Okay, so question number two of the shootout. So despite losing all three road games, Connor Bedard registered a point in each game, a goal and two assists, extending his road point streak to nine games. He's also up to 11 goals and 20 points to lead the team. How many points do you think Bedard gets in the next four home games? Hunter? Um, I'll keep up with him being a point per game player and say four. Um, again, I didn't think he'd be this prolific this early, but he's proven me wrong. And he already looks like a, just the top NHLer who can produce. So four for me. Gail, how many points do you think he's going to get in the next four games? I'm going to one up you, literally one up you, uh, point per game. Plus he's going to have one multi-point game. So five points. Like the price is right. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I'm actually going to go six here and it's not just oh. because you guys, cause it's not just cause you guys went four five, wow. six, but I don't know why six was the number that came into my brain. So I'll go six. We'll see. I'll, I'll be all, like I said, we'll come back to that next week and see who is right there. Um, all right. Uh, so question number three. So we discussed this at length, but it deserves revisiting because it's a troublesome topic. 
The past three-game road trip was anything but inspiring, and it seemed like the Blackhawks as a team weren't putting in the necessary effort. Does this disturb you, or are you okay with it? Gail? You know what, you guys? They just had a very traumatic time of it. They lost Corey Perry. They lost Taylor Hall. They're without Anthony C.U., <sighs> I, I, I'm not I'm not too worried about this. I really think that once they get, you know, Anthony Siwa, it's my understanding he's going to be coming back soon. And then you got Bovier coming in. Um, I think they're going to be okay. And I think that um, it's hard. It's hard to keep up for 82 games and play your hardest all the time. And I just think that they, they, they they've been through a lot and uh, they, they're going to regroup and they're going to be okay. Hunter, what do you make of their effort? Um, I think Gail actually changed my answer. I was going to, because usually the start of their games really frustrate me, and sometimes that can mm -hmm. be attributed to coaching, not having mm -hmm. the players ready to go or preparation. But you're right. They've gone through something that, as far as we know, has been pretty traumatic towards the organization, and I think they're still dealing with the fallout of it. Um, but maybe if we come back to this in a week or so, we'll see. Because yeah. uh, I understand like what Gail said. For the time being, it's maybe understandable that they had a rough road trip, but also, too, you'd hope at some point that after the quarter mark of the season, um, they can tighten up their starts because it's been a struggle throughout the year. Yeah, I am totally with you guys about everything they've been through because they've been through a lot in the past couple weeks. But my thing is, I feel like this has been a pattern that's been there since the start of the season where they started out with really good efforts and then they would come out with a couple like complete duds and then it seemed like it kept going and now it seems like it's happening on a daily basis and like I said I felt like this was even when the season started not just now and I know that there's a difference between obviously the team is rebuilding and they don't have the horses but I still think that's not an excuse for the okay. lack of effort that we've seen and I thought against Minnesota what I saw was they just stood there in the first period, literally, they just stood there. And I was like, okay, this is not acceptable for what, and even I think Taylor Radish said something like, we just crumble. Right now, we just crumble after some good starts here. And so, like I said, I get that they don't have the horses, but San Jose, I think you could argue on paper, has a worse team than the Blackhawks do. And they even put a couple wins together. So I hope this isn't a trend that we just continue to keep seeing. And like I said, maybe we can be willing to give them a pass because of everything they've been through. But if this still continues, right now through the next couple months then i will be actually really concerned because they should be taking a step forward in development and for the rebuild and not just be content with losing this much even though they are you know not built to be competitive but i think you guys know where i'm going with this so i definitely think it's frustrating for sure and it's a troubling trend like i said that started even from the beginning yeah. okay last question so the blackhawks have four games until we meet again um, so they have the Nashville Predators on Tuesday, the Anaheim Ducks on Thursday, the St. Louis Blues on Saturday, and the Washington Capitals on Sunday. What are your predictions in the way of wins and points? Hunter? I'm going to beat the Preds. going to beat the Ducks. You're going to lose to the Blues. And you're going to lose to the Caps. I think they'll get four points, but they'll go two and two. Gail, what do you think? Revenge with the Preds. Please beat the Ducks. Uh, revenge with the blues. That's where I'm going different from Hunter, but I, yeah, they're not going to be the capital. So, uh, six out of eight points. All I'm right. going to go, I'm going to go three and I don't know why I'm just going to go three. Um, I think that they should beat the ducks, but you know, sometimes I don't know. That's, uh, I don't know. It's not an easy <laughs> one for anyone here. And then sure. I think they'll get a point against the blues and I just can't say they'll beat Nashville because 
they just have a hard time against Nashville no matter what they do. So I, I'm not confident there. But I will say two or three. I'm sorry, three, three points. I'm sorry. But I hope I'm really wrong here. But so we were all majorly wrong last week, weren't we? Because, right, they only got like two yeah. points and we were all said, you know, four or five. We're trying, know, we try. we're, we're trying very hard to be optimistic here, even through the hard times. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I hope we're wrong here. Um, but okay, so that will conclude this episode of Blackhawks Banter. Thank you to Hunter and Gail for uh, joining me today and discussing everything. Like I said, it's been a rough week and we've been through it. The Hawks have been through it. And we're just hoping that, like I said, that things kind of get better or we see just some improvement out there. Just that's really all you can hope for even if it doesn't come in the form of wins we just hope to see some good hockey or some good efforts that kind of thing good inspiring performances here sure. i think the team could really use that too um just to kind of help their confidence too so like i said we'll hope again for a really better week and hopefully they surprise us here and i think they're ready to break out of this funk too so we'll see what they got and we'll see you guys next week and go hawks go hawks <laughs>